welcome to another exciting podcast from Living Faith Church. It's our hope and prayer that today's message will bring you closer and deeper to the heart of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now here is our lead pastor, Pastor Dean Hackett. May your word be spirit and be life to us, Lord. May it bring faith to our heart and life to us in Jesus' name. May I hear an amen? Amen. Amen. Do you know that when God created you, he created you to live the blessed life? He didn't create you to barely get by. He didn't create you to just make it from day to day or to not make it from day to day. God didn't create you to live under a curse. When God originally created Adam and Eve in the human race, his words were, be blessed, multiply, replenish the earth to do it, be fruitful, amen? Amen. Be blessed, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, take dominion. He meant for us to live the blessed life. The first psalm, Psalm 1. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of the sinner, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in it shall he meditate day and night. His words to the children of Israel when he had delivered them out of Egyptian slavery and he was taking them to the promised land. These were his words to them. If you will keep my commandments and obey my law and my statutes, if you will walk in them, these blessings will run after you and tackle you and come upon you. You'll be blessed when you go out. You'll be blessed when you come in. You'll be blessed when you rise up. You'll be blessed when you lie down. You'll be blessed in your fields. You'll be blessed in your pantry. You'll be blessed in your animals. You'll be blessed in your children. Amen. When the enemy comes against you one way, the Lord will raise the standard against him and he'll flee before you seven ways. Yes. You'll be above only and not beneath. You'll be the head and not the tail. You'll be the lender and not the borrower. Yes. Wow. God means for you to live the blessed life. Now sin came in and messed that all up. But the whole point that Jesus Christ came to earth, the reason he died on the cross, was buried, and rose the third day, was to redeem us and to restore us to the blessed life. psalmist wrote about it this way it's really really quiet in here I don't know if if I've just lost you or you're just so shocked by what God's saying to you (laughs) a psalmist wrote it this way in Psalm 8 what is man that thou art mindful of him or the son of man that thou visitest him thou dost make him a little lower than the angels thou dost crown him with glory and honor thou dost put all things under his feet 
Think about that. That's, that was God's original intent for your life. In the book of Hebrews in the New Testament, it's quoted by the writer of Hebrews. And then he says this. He says, we do not yet see all things put under his feet, but we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels. To bring, listen, to bring many sons into glory. In other words, the Lord Jesus Christ, when he came to redeem us and to deliver us from sin, it was to restore us. You see, God doesn't want to just patch up your old life. Because your old life is messed up by sin. Your old life is under the curse. He doesn't want to just patch up your old life because you'll still be under the curse. He wants to make you a whole new creation, give you a whole new life so you can live the blessed life. That's his intent. And and I I have seen this in the most amazing ways. Living the blessed life doesn't mean that we always escape the bad stuff in this world because we still live in a fallen world. So there are hurricanes, there are tornadoes, there are drunk drivers. I almost said that in an ungracious way. I almost said there are dum-dums who text and drive. And that's not, so, so don't, don't, okay, just scratch that out. I didn't say that. There are people who are less than wise that text and drive. Okay? If you be one of those, I pray you get delivered today. There, 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 there's disease, there's cancer. Come on. We live in a fallen world. And so this stuff goes on. And the consequences of that stuff. But the blessed life, while we're not necessarily sheltered and protected from all of those things, the blessed life, God said, I will even make that turn out for good for you. And so you see things like I saw. And a woman who was confined in a wheelchair all of her life. But her eyes radiate the most amazing joy and her countenance. And she talks about how blessed she is. Because see, she's learned how to live free from the curse. But every one of us face a very real enemy. Isn't it curious that, that the scripture just takes for granted that you know there's a very real malevolent enemy that wants to destroy you? And so scripture talks about Lucifer, the devil, Satan, the serpent, like he's real. There's never a question in scripture whether he's real. When John saw that fiery red dragon that he called that old serpent, the devil, Satan, he talks about 
Okay, he's real. He's very real. Fallen angels are very real. Demons are very real. And they want to destroy you. They hate you and they want to destroy your life. So they're going to try everything they can to keep you living under the curse. Not under the blessing. They don't want you to live the blessed life. They want you to live the cursed life. So they're at work. Even the Lord Jesus Christ faced him. Luke chapter 14 records the occasion when the Lord Jesus Christ encountered the devil. One of the times. He encountered demons and fallen angels and the devil multiple times during his three and a half years. Actually from the time he was born. Because the time he was born, the devil inspired Herod the Great to try and kill him. And so all the babies, two years old and younger, in Bethlehem were murdered, trying to destroy Jesus. But Luke, Luke chapter 4 records this encounter between Jesus and the devil. And I find it really interesting that the very first thing the devil did was challenge his identity. If you be the son of God. What do you mean if you be the son of God? He is the son of God. But the devil was challenging. Just like he will challenge you. Well if you're really born again. I like this one. Did, have you ever noticed. Before you were baptized in the Holy Spirit. These thoughts never came to your mind. Your speaking in tongues is not real. You're not really baptized in the Holy Spirit. You, know, you never had that thought. Till after you were baptized in the Holy Spirit. And then it's come to you multiple times. Because the devil is always trying to challenge your, your, your identity. That's why one of the most important things you can do in your life. Is build a strong, secure, full embracing of who you are in Jesus Christ. And you know your new identity. Before I came to salvation, I constantly heard what a failure I was and how I would never amount to anything. And after I was born again, boy, did that CD play in my head a lot. I had to learn how to embrace that. So the devil, he encounters Jesus, and the first thing he does is he challenges his identity. The second thing he does is he challenges him in the flesh. Turn this stone to bread. The next thing he does is he challenges him in greed. Hey, see all the kingdoms? All of these are mine, and I'll give them to you if you'll bow down and worship me. Third thing he did was he challenged Jesus in his pride. Well, you know, Scripture says that, that even, even if you trip over a stone... He'll, he'll, his angels will protect you. So throw yourself down off this pinnacle. God will protect you. What, what's he doing? He's challenging Jesus in the three root problems of man. Lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And how does Jesus handle it? It is written. Time and again, Jesus defeats the devil by the words of his mouth. Declaring who he is. Declaring his true identity. Declaring the word of God. Declaring truth. Countering temptation with the truth. 
And dear ones, Jesus is giving us a really, really important lesson. One of the most powerful weapons we have in our arsenal. And it goes back to what we studied last week from the book of Revelation chapter 12 and verse 1. That the power of our testimony, right? Remember, would you, would you read these two passages of scripture with me? I got to grab the right thing. That wasn't my pointer. I got a pointer here in my pocket. There it is. Read these with me, would you please? They overcame him by the blood of the lamb. Okay, wait. Time out, 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 time out. We want to say this loud enough to wake up those who are sleeping here. Actually, there's no one sleeping. I'm just being silly. But we want to say it loud enough that we scare any demon that tried to come in. Come on, amen? You ready? This is the word of God. And you're going to learn how to overcome. You want to be an overcomer? Here we go. Ready? They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto death. Wow, that was so good. I think we ought to do it again. You ready? Here we go. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. Wow. Amen. Jesus modeled for us how we have this great power in our tongue. Not only the name of Jesus Christ, not only the blood of the Lamb, but the power of our tongue is powerful. Listen to how it said in Proverbs. Here we go. Ready? Everyone together? Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. You want to eat good fruit? You want to eat the blessed life? You want to live the blessed life? Learn how to use the power of your tongue to bless and not curse. Yes. Amen. You have the power of death and life in your mouth. Yes. The book of James talks about this. He said, don't, don't, don't crave and desire to be the teacher. Not unless God's really called you. Because you come, under, you come under the greater judgment. See, I'm going to have to give account for every single one of you. There's going to come a day when I'm going to kneel before Jesus Christ. And every one of now the literally thousands that Juan and I have passed. I've got to give account for every single one of you. I'm going to have to give account for every word that I have preached and taught. I'm going to have to give account... For did my life match that? That's why some some think I'm teasing, but I really am not. The years that my kids were growing up, I knew it was so important that they saw consistency. Because one of the number one reasons that PKs, preachers' kids, go crazy is because they see too much. Of a chasm between what's preached and what's lived. There's too much dichotomy. And so about every year and a half, two years, I would send a note to Juan and ask her to judge me on how I was doing in certain areas. I'd have her send a note and I'd say, I'm sending this to you by note because I'm afraid for you to tell me to my face. I might get mad. (laughs) 
just being honest. And then around the table, I'd ask my kids, where do you see dad different in the pulpit than I am here? And you won't get in trouble. I really need to know. See, we all have blind spots. And I didn't want my blind spots in any way nullifying the truth of the word that I preach. I want it to be valid. Now, we're not going to get to be perfect, but you know what? We can be better next year than we are this year. Come on. It's always a striving. It's always a labor. That's why I have my elders and my deacons hold me accountable. Because I know I got blind spots. We all have faults and foibles. Okay, we're all a little strange in places. And then some of us, like Emwa, are just weird, you know. But but man, you know, I I still want it to be valid. I want it to be authentic. Why? Because there's great power. When my tongue matches my life and my life matches my tongue, there is incredible power against the forces of darkness. And the power to bless. So amazing. Look at the power of your tongue. Let's look here first. Death, curse. We do crazy things to our people around us and ourselves. We say sometimes the worst things to them. You always, by the way, if you're married, these are words that have to be removed from your vocabulary. Because just as soon as you say to somebody, you never, you always, they're thinking of one time when they did. They're thinking of one time when they didn't do that. And all they're hearing from you is you never, you, you will never match up to my expectations. You will never. And, and well, why try? That was my attitude as a kid. Why try? I mean, I was already a failure anyhow. Everybody told me that. So ain't no point. I, I, I can't get better anyhow. I'll just show them how bad I can be. Yeah. Can't you do anything right? Ooh, can you hear the cursing in that? You idiot, you're so stupid, you dummy. Wow, we're putting curses on people. That kid at school, that neighbor, maybe a son or daughter. It's going down the wrong direction. And we say things like this. Oh, they'll never, they'll never change. Wow, you're putting them under a pretty heavy curse there. Putting them under a pretty heavy curse. Are you saying, are you saying that the blood and power of the Lord Jesus Christ can't redeem them? I I am going to have the awesome privilege of spending eternity with my father-in-law in heaven. Now, never forget tears running down Wanda's face. We had been married by that time 30 years. And she said, Dean, will he ever come to salvation? He's going to. He's going to. Jesus promised. 
going to. In the hospital at 86 years old. Pastor of his family, they lived in Great Falls, Montana. Pastor of the family. I'm standing on one side, he's standing on the other. Pastor asked Dad, Do you know for certain you're ready for heaven? No. Would you like to know for certain? Yes. Dad prayed the sinner's prayer. Receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Folks, listen to me. Remove the curse. Speak the blessing over their life, not the curse. Amen? Amen. But we do it to ourselves also, don't we? Oh, I could never do that. I, I, will, I will never ever forget when God so confronted me with the power of my tongue over my own life. A very good friend of mine and I were playing 18 holes of golf together at Tumwater Valley Golf Course. And, and uh, Wally uh, was a good friend. He's in heaven today. We're playing. We got done with the first nine and all the way through. He was as bad as I was. Oh, you're so dumb. Oh, okay. Oh, you'll, oh that is so stupid. You know, and just, just because I play what Pastor Reagan likes to call army golf. Left, right, left, right, <laughs> left. Rarely down the middle. Left, right, you know. I was worse then even than I am now, if you can imagine that. And, uh, and, we, we're, we're having a Coke, and he looked at me and he goes, do you realize how much we've cursed ourselves this first round? Not because we were using bad language. Because of how negative we were speaking of ourselves. Let's change this. What are we going to do? Well, every time we hit a bad, just say, you know what? You're getting better. You're awesome. And we started doing that. Do you know our whole, our whole countenance changed? And we enjoyed the game a whole lot more? See? So the next time you're behind a tree, just say to yourself, I'm really awesome. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, if you if you really want to put if you really want to put the supreme on it, use curse words. You be and you use the B word on your wife. Or even worse, your daughter. You and you use the WH word and you put a curse on them. And I can't tell you how many times I've wanted to stop someone and ask them, do you really want God to do that to you? Because they use God's name in vain and then ask God to put a curse on them. You understand what I'm saying? You You really want God to do that? You really want him to damn your car or your house or whatever else you're, you're, you're putting a curse on right now? Really, you want God to do that? See, we don't think about it in those terms, do we? No. But Satan is using your tongue to keep you under the curse. Amen. And Almighty God has given you a greater power, and it is the power of blessing. 
The power of speaking blessing. And let me show you how powerful that is. God said that the sin and iniquity of a father visits to the third and fourth generation, but righteousness to the thousands of generations. You can speak blessing in your home, in your family, in your marriage, in the lives of your children. And those blessings will reach from generation to generation to generation, multiple generations down the line. Because you chose to be one who blessed and not cursed. The power of your tongue when you say to them, you know what? Uh, go back, please, for me. I, I, I know what I did. It's not your fault. It's mine. I apologize. I gave her the wrong cue. Uh, I believe the best for you. How about that? Amen. How about that? So that son or daughter that, that comes home drunk and it just breaks your heart or they come home high or they smell like they've just been in a hemp factory. And they come home, then you, and you choose. Instead of saying, well, you never amount to anything. Instead of that, the next morning, you give them a hug and say, you know what? I'm believing the best for you. Amen. God's got good for you. Amen. God has so gifted you. He's got a future for your life. I know kids do long and you got to spank them. I know, I know that's a curse word, but, but it's true. You better spank them. Because the scripture says if you spank them, you'll deliver their soul from hell. But you don't spank them in anger and you don't spank them in violence. You do make it hurt. It's supposed to. God built that just that way. Have you noticed? He built it perfectly. It's amazing. God knew what he was doing. And so, yes, it should hurt, but you don't do it in violence. And when you get done with it, you hug them and you tell them you believe the best in their life. Yes, amen. The best for them. Yes. Speak blessings. Speak in your own life. I'm blessed. I'm favored. I'm not an idiot. Amen. And, and this one is so important right here. Would you say this with me? Failure is an event, not an event. Do it again, twice as loud. See, there are no failures. You failure. Well, I'm such a failure. No, 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 no. That's a lie from Satan. You may be failed, but that's an event. That's a long ways from being an identity. That's right. See, you can recover from an event. If it's your identity, you're in trouble. Am I making sense? You gotta learn that. Because we're all gonna fail. You know, if you're afraid of failing, just don't get up tomorrow morning, okay? <laughs> oh, this is so important. Am I making sense to you? Yes. The power of your tongue. Now, please go to the next one for me. We've got to learn. You, you know, you gotta declare this every day of your life. These need to be the declarations every day of your life. Hear it again. Every day of your life. Would you say them with me? I am chosen by God and made acceptable to him. I am redeemed and an adopted child of God. I am the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. 
I am seated with Jesus Christ and blessed with all spiritual blessings. Jesus Christ has given me everything I need for life and godliness. I am more than a conqueror and cannot be defeated. Unless someone think I made this stuff up. You ready? Romans 8, 38. 2 Peter 1, verse 3. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6. And Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 4, 5, and 6. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4. I just want you to know it's straight out of scripture folks. When you do this you're speaking the word of God. How did Jesus defeat the devil? It is written. Amen. Amen. Hey you want another one? Need to do this every day too. Here we go. You got to cover yourself every day. You got see See, every one of us carry around with us the sin nature, right? And so that's why we have to train ourselves to speak the truth and not tell a lie when we get in trouble. I mean, even as adults, right? Supervisor comes in and goes, All right, that hose wasn't hooked up right and it's starting to leak in there. Who did that? And isn't it amazing? Right then, when Nobody shows up. <laughs> or I don't know. They always show up right then. I don't know. Nobody does. And you're standing right there and you know you did it. And you're saying, I don't know. Liar. <laughs> See, our, our sin nature always is wanting to get in the way. See, that is the devil always wanting us to be under the curse. Because the moment you tell a lie, then you got to tell a lie to cover up that lie. Before long, you have to tell a lie to cover up that lie to cover up that lie. Before long, you have to tell a lie to cover up that lie to cover up that lie to cover up that lie. And you've forgotten what lie you told in the first place. So now you're in trouble because you don't know what to cover up. And you're just standing there with you know what, just sticking out. You're in trouble. You're under a curse. God doesn't want you to live under a curse. He wants you to live under blessing. And when you stand there and you show integrity and you say... Sir, I did that, and you're right. I must not have put it on exactly right. I'll go take care of it right now. It's my fault. And, and he looks at you, and he can't believe you just told him the truth. Yeah. But you just built integrity in your life, and you removed a curse and put yourself under a blessing. Because I want to tell you something. Every supervisor, every coordinator, every business owner, every CEO is looking for somebody that has integrity they can trust. Yeah. Because most, they can't. Yeah. Because they're living by CYA. And so they can't trust them. There's no integrity. And Almighty God wants you to have integrity. Because when you live in integrity, you live under the blessing. Amen. Amen. So what do we do? Well, we put on the armor of God every day first. We put on the belt of truth. We put on the breastplate of righteousness. We put on the shoes of the preparation of the gospel of peace. We take up the shield of faith and we put on the helmet of salvation and we grasp hold of the sword of the spirit which is the word of God and we stand there with our mouth using the power of our tongue to pray and to praise. Yes. Amen. Yes. Amen. 
We put on the armor of God. And then every day we pray this blessing upon our life. Say it with me, would you please? Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. Amen. Amen. Want to live the blessed life. I better stop. As a matter of fact, I am. <laughs> Guys, I mean, do you want to live blessed? Use the power of your tongue. Use the power of your tongue. And when the wrong thing comes out, the way you undo that curse, when the wrong thing comes out, is you quickly go and you say, I was wrong. Please forgive me. That was critical. I should not have said that. Please forgive me. And you, and you cover it in the blood immediately. And that wipes out the curse and puts you back under the blessing. Wanda used to tease me because when I was when I was first in ministry, the first 20, 25 years of ministry, I was still learning how to do this. And, and my, my tongue was so bad. When, when, when I got saved, my tongue, I would make grown men blush. I, I remember at, at 9, 10 years old, when I was selling newspapers on the street corner in downtown Spokane, and, and those men that were down there, I, they, they, they would get on me they go how can a young man like you have a mouth like that well because it was filled with death I thought I was a throwaway human being it was filled with death and I had to learn to overcome that when I got saved and and God helped me stop cursing but then I still was really my tongue would it would bite (laughs) and I don't know that you can fully understand this not being in a preacher's home. But on Sunday morning with little kids getting out the door to church is a miracle. Amen. And we take a miracle. I mean, and, and the enemy, you understand, don't you, Clayton? I know Pastor Reagan understands. I mean, it, listen, listen, they... They've just got new diapers on and we're ready to go out the door. And before you turn the doorknob, they blow out everything. They've been saving it. They erp right down my suit that I just got out of the cleaners. I actually thought for the rest of my life I would always have this white spot right here. Just was permanent. I looked for suits that maybe came with it. That's a joke. Okay, it's a joke. Okay. If somebody was going, did he really? You know, no, that's a joke. That's a joke. But I mean, and, and so that would upset the apple cart. And then my mouth would do so. And then I would have to, before I could go to the pulpit, I'd have to go look for Wanda. Go, Wanda, please forgive me. I was wrong. Would you? And I'd ask her forgiveness. Please ask God to forgive me. Get under the blood so I wasn't going to the pulpit under the curse, but under the blessing. And she used to laugh. She just laughed. She just thought that was so funny every Sunday. God's on you. <laughs> 
There's a lot of families right now. Mom, you, you, need, you need to let God touch your tongue. There's a whole other segment of this about praising. Just go to the next slide for me. I'm not going to go there, but there's a whole other part of this about the power of your tongue and praise. Amen. It, it, it can take down walls. Praise can take down walls. Praise can, can cause the enemy to destroy himself. Praise can make the barren fruitful. When you learn to develop a culture of praise and you live a life of praise instead of cursing. Some of you, you need to shut off your radio or go find Caleb or something like that. Because what you're listening to right now, the only way you're going to live the blessed life is you got to play the music backwards. So you get your dog back, you get your truck back, you get your car back, you get your wife back. You get out of the bar instead of going to the bar and down there with friends in low places. What in the world are you doing down there? And you go, well, I just like it. Why are you listening to music that keeps you in low places? And if you think I'm being silly, I'm not. Your life will change when you start putting around you an atmosphere of blessing instead of an atmosphere of cursing. Wow. Do you want to live the blessed life? Hallelujah. We are so blessed that you join us online today. For more resources on how you can grow your relationship with Jesus Christ, visit us online at www.winacity.com. If you would like to speak with someone about your relationship with Jesus Christ or would like prayer, you can contact us at 541-567-4486 or email us at info at winacity.com. 